Hello, and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. I'm Bree James, and on today's episode, I welcome back the wonderful, oh so knowledgeable Ro Murray. Now, if you don't know who Ro is, then you definitely need to binge a couple of our previous episodes. She's amazing. Now, she has been called the sex fairy godmother since the release of her book, For Fox's Sake. She's got the welfare of your children in mind and approaches awkward questions with warm, funny, honest, and accurate answers taking the awkward out of the topic and giving smart advice to youngsters and parents, of course, too. And today we chat to her about teaching our children how to treat the opposite sex. All right, let's get her on Zoom and let's see where we go. It's time to get to class. Now we're talking about your uh, how to treat the opposite sex, which is a really interesting topic. Um, so Ro, tell me, why is it so important that we have this conversation with our child? Oh, it's a really huge one. And when it comes down to it, kids really need to be clear about how they sort of look at and value and interact with the opposite sex. There's a whole lot of stereotypes flying around. Um, you know, things like, you know, you're crying like a little girl and all that kind of stuff. And we actually do need to tackle that pretty early because it can become a quite uh, large ongoing issue that can even impact people's careers, you know, if they take those sorts of strokes tropes and stereotypes into adulthood you know they pick up cues from culture music tv and and their peers so obviously parents need to be able to have a say in that process so um you know when, when we talk about having the conversation um i always recommend don't just have one big one it's overwhelming and confronting and they're not going to remember 99 percent of it so have lots and lots and lots of little conversations throughout your you know your child's life and you know keep them age appropriate you can have conversations like this with a five-year-old talking about boundaries and consent and you know those sorts of things right through to 18 year olds when they're out there dating and leaving home and having all those adventures because it is important that we are making sure that our children are treating the opposite sex with respect um, and consideration and understanding I guess mm. um, so how can we parents start this conversation with our child? The best way to do it is to really raise it when it's relevant to the child. Like the best times is when they're, you know, yeah, actually having a chat to them about other stuff. You know, what, what, you know, what did you get up to today? Are you catching up? You know, were we having a sleepover on the weekend? Those kinds of things. And when conversations do come up, that's that's when to do it because they're engaged and they're interested in it. Most parents will know if you come in and start talking to your kids about something they don't give two hoots about, it's like talking to a brick wall, kind of like, you know, when going up to them when, while they're in the middle of, you know, playing Animal Crossing and asking them to unpack the dishwasher, straight away <laughs> they might do it, but the hackles will be up and it'll be a grumpy scenario rather than, you know, an open scenario. So, you know, if someone starts talking about, you know, for example, you know, AFL women, oh, you know, the girls' footy team's going really well. Well, have a chat about that, you know, Ex explain why it's reasonably new thing, explain what happened and, and have those conversations when they do come up. It's the best mm -hmm. way to do it. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, so what if we never have this conversation about the opposite with sex with our children? What sort of issues will come up for them in their life? So many. Um, <laughs> the, the really big picture, um, you know, ones which is very challenging for any parent to hear is that, you know, disrespect for the opposite sex, especially males towards females, is a very long-standing issue that's literally resulting in death and domestic violence. Um, you know, DV and family violence stems from disrespect and a need for control, and that is absolutely adults acting out of, of a lifetime of um, lack of respect for the opposite sex. So that's the really challenging stuff. You can also um, end up raising misogynists and that can go for young women as well. Women can internalise misogyny, um, especially when you have, you know, women saying like, oh, I'm not really a girly girl because they've been brought up to think that, you know, girly stuff is weak or, you know, horrible. Um, and it can really, I think one of the worst things on a more practical level is, when people are misogynists as adults, it will really impact their career. Um, men will lose their jobs if they are sexist in the workplace. They are going to spend their careers being reprimanded and quite rightly so. So it's not a wise thing to, you know, bring your kids up because they're genuinely going to spend their adulthood unpacking and unlearning Um you know what it what it is they're doing so so that's a really big picture but also on a more granular level on a really practical level it can mean issues when they're dating um it can mean you know a lack of understanding around online bullying um and just a whole raft of other things so it is one of those things that you do want to make clear that you know we're not a different species um you know we're all the same people you know tr treat people well in general and try to remove gender out of it to a large degree because it's it's a social construct it really shouldn't be a factor whether you're friends with someone or treat them well mm. so what sort of values should we have our children have in mind when treating the opposite sex then absolutely I, I would say mutual respect is probably the most important one of the whole lot um, just looking around and going yes I'm going to you know treat the people around me as I would like to be treated myself and that's a really really straightforward one and when it comes to values I think you know this is a great opportunity for parents to bring their own values into it as well and be really clear about what as a parent your expectations are um, for your child and you know no matter what the age is and what that can be anything from um, you know your religious position your moral position um, you know those kind of things so what's important to you make sure to share that because they as I said earlier they do take a lot of cues from music and tv and movies and all of those kind of things and you know, parents need to be able to have a say. And there, there was a study that came out a year or two ago um, where they interviewed a lot of teenagers about do you understand the difference between, you know, consent and respect and film and TV and how it's depicted? And they were all saying, yes, we completely get it. It's movie. It's, it's a TV show. It's not real. It's not real life. But when they went and delved a little bit deeper and asked for their responses to particular scenarios, they actually didn't. You know, they, teenagers in particular think that they're smarter than they are and think they understand more than they do. Um, so there was a real bias there that they go, I know it's just rubbish, I know it's just a song, um, but it does get in. So it, it is really important that parents do continue to make that clear and, you know, share their own values with their kids, definitely. Mm, social media and media in general plays a big part of their perceptions 
How can mm. we ensure that our children, like you just demonstrated then, that they think they're aware, but they're not? So how can we uh, try and ensure that they have these values, especially online, because we don't want them being sexist online in particular? Yeah, definitely. That's, it's, that is a really challenging one. And I don't think there's any one size fits all, you know, response to that um, because our online lives are conducted in such a wide frame of reference. You know, if we were having this conversation eight or 10 years ago, we would be talking just about, say, Instagram and Facebook, whereas um, kids are absolute digital natives. Three-year-olds can drive an iPad better than most adults and um, so they are using things like game servers messenger apps they've got you know the newer social media forms you know TikTok and all those kinds of things um, and even you know discords and clubhouse and those kinds of platforms there are just a myriad of ways to digitally communicate and it's moved so far from you know don't be an idiot on Instagram and don't post things you'll regret it's just so much broader than that and so I think a really great thing parents can do is be really, really clear about the difference between how you conduct yourself in real life when you're talking face-to-face with someone and how they sort of conduct themselves when they are doing any kind of digital messaging. And that includes, you know, gaming with their mates with a headset on and, you know, shouting and screaming and getting right into it and having a good time. Um, As a professional who's worked with a lot of teens, I see huge differences between what people are like in real life and how they conduct themselves on game servers and Discord servers and things like that. The, um, you know, they know they're not being monitored or checked. The shackles come off and they almost treat it like, oh, this is the Wild West, this is my freedom, I can just say and do whatever I think and want. And it is absolutely appalling sometimes. Um, You know, I worked on a a game project about two years ago with a lot of really young people, really awesome people who are great to work with in real life. And the discord was absolutely appalling. These were university students, um, you know, working in a professional setting, producing a literal game and Um, were absolutely disgusting to each other online and they would never speak to each other like that when they actually, when we sat in and had meetings and, you know, had had development crush days and stuff. So there is a massive difference between, um, you know, how they they do speak to people and how many people of all ages conduct themselves online. So I think that keyboard warrior conversation really needs to happen a lot and, People, you know, parents will have to have that conversation. You're probably going to have to conduct yourself to a higher standard than what your peers are if you're going to carry this across because obviously peer pressure is massive um, and, you know, teenagers in particular will replicate what they see around them, which is going to be a really big challenge and I don't think there's any easy solution to that. Mm, It's certainly a tough one because, it's, Mm. it's, you know, I, I know... For me, like you see the odd sexist post come out and it's quite funny sometimes uh, that mm. talks about the two different genders, but I do hold back from posting them myself because I feel that it's just not the right thing to do. Mm. Absolutely. It's, it, there's a lot to be said for having some digital literacy as a, as a parent, as an adult, and sharing that down with your, your kids. Like, yes, they might see a meme that is absolutely hilarious, but if it's contributing to a stereotype, is if it's, you know, potentially going to hurt someone in their friendship circle, 
it is worth thinking twice before posting it, um, you know, and it's it's a, a, like a lot of people when um, Meghan Markle, you know, announced her miscarriage a while ago, Twitter did light up like a bit of a Christmas tree and a lot of it was really derogatory. And, you know, one woman posted a viral tweet saying, you know, Meghan Markle isn't on Twitter and she's not going to see all of these hateful tweets. But the, you know, the 50% of women that you know that have ha experienced pregnancy loss will see your tweets and will know that they can't trust you. You know, so what we do post tells our friendship circle, our family group, our broader network, the standard that we accept and the standard that we walk by. Um, and there, and it does impact friendships and relationships and whether people trust you to even confide in you. They might enjoy hanging out, but they may never become close friends purely based on, you know, what people post. So it is definitely something worth keeping an eye on and really thinking twice about. And if parents are in a position to impart that, it's sophisticated nuanced thinking, but if they can share some of that thinking with their, you know, with their kids, it's doing going to do them a great service. Mm, agreed. So any last parting advice for parents listening right now to teach their children about treating the opposite sex? I would just say um, have lots of small conversations than, you know, big thunderclap from God type ones uh, because they do tend to sink in and it also, you know, engenders trust, you know, being able to build that trust with your child no matter what age they are, that they can actually come to you and talk to you about these things and that they can ask for advice without, you know, be, being judged um, is, is really important as well. So lots and lots and lots of consistent conversations be really consistent and, you know, do call out poor conduct when you see it. And there are going to be stages where they're doing it all the time and it's just driving you insane and you just want to throw a wet tea towel over their head or something and be done with it. But um, it's definitely worth persisting because it will pay off. They will learn. It will sink in um, and, and they'll just have a better time of life for it. Mm, thank you so much for your advice on how we can talk to our children about treating the opposite success. <laughs> uh, sorry, the opposite sex, not success. Uh, I wish you all the success with that conversation, parents. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much again for being on the show, Ray. Thank you so much. If you're loving the Pack Mag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow Pack Mag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? All right, it's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? Well, instead of having one big talk, try to separate it into lots of little talks. This way, your child is more likely to take in the information given and make sure the discussions are age appropriate. It's very easy as parents to tell them a little bit more than they need to. Um, and don't force the conversation. We're gonna try and bring up the topic in a casual conversation when your child is engaged. Now, without having these conversations with our children, problems will arise in the future. For example, the disrespect for the opposite sex, which can lead to domestic violence, uh, or your child could become a misogynist, uh, resulting in being sexist and bullying online or in the workplace to the opposite sex. Uh, mutual respect is another thing we discussed. We've got to treat the people around you how we would like to be treated. Uh, so we've got to talk about our family values because children will learn different values off the internet, TV shows and movies. So it's really important to have a say in what values you as a family hold. So go get some pen and paper, sit down with the kids and the family and, and write out those values. I think it's a really great exercise to do.
Now, not only is it important to treat those around us with respect in person, it's just as important to do so online. So like Ro mentioned, uh, young teens seem to think that they have a second identity once they're online and have the freedom to unleash. So whatever rude or sexist comment they may have, um, it just seems to be a lot easier online. And there's plenty of adults that do that as well. So as parents, we need to remind our children and ourselves that just because we're online doesn't mean they can throw these values out the window. So if what they are posting or saying might hurt someone's feelings around them or in the outer circle, then it's best not to post it. Well, that's the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Remember, any important links that we mentioned can be found in the show notes. But a big thank you to everyone's made the show possible, especially uh, the beautiful Ro Murray. Thank you so much for all your amazing insights as always. But until next time, parents, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.